Fatherhood is fascinating. One day you're dad of the year, and the next day is, well, the next day. Welcome to Positively Dad, a podcast designed to help dads embrace the journey. Thanks for joining us for Positively Dad. My name is James Shaw. I'm your host. I'm a dad. I'm so thankful that you've joined us today. I started Positively Dad earlier this year just to be a resource to you for dads. You know, if you go out and look in the parenting world, most of the resources are for mom. And quite frankly, we as dads should grow and get better too. And uh, that's my goal. That's why I started the podcast. And so we started it back in March. It had been on my mind for seven years. I, I thought about it when my wife told me she was pregnant. We have an almost eight-year-old daughter now. And I just said, you know, I want to grow and, and be a good dad and be able to help her and support her and and help my wife. I mean, quite frankly, I just want to be a really good parent. I want to be a really good partner and I want to be a really good person. And that's the goal of this podcast is to help you become that and help me become that. And uh, we, we do two podcasts every single week. You're listening to what I call our more traditional podcast. And this is where I find an expert out somewhere who is looking at something that we should probably think about as parents. And today is going to be one of those days. We've got to have this conversation. Every Thursday, I do an episode where we talk to a dad about being a dad. Those are great. So go back and listen to some of those as well. On today's episode, I also bring Naomi in, our eight-year-old, almost eight-year-old. She'll be on at the end of the show to give you her thoughts on things in the kid's corner. So here it is. It's you know Christmas week and the holidays are here. And uh, it's a time that we're all happy and excited and, and everything's wonderful and we have family traditions and all this stuff's great and perfect and sunshine and rainbows and everything. And truth is, it's not always that way. And as our kids, you know, go through middle school and high school, and we've done a lot of episodes on stuff like this, as our kids go through adolescence, that's a tough time. You probably remember it too. There's some highs and there's some lows and there's some tough things that we experience. Well, As parents, we probably want to be aware of when our kids are going through times that could be pretty bad, like moving toward depression and maybe even toward suicide. We did a podcast earlier this year on teen suicide, and teen suicide attempts are going up. There's, you know, some theories as to why, and that's not what we're going to talk about today. What I do know, though, is you don't want your teenager to attempt suicide. You want to know if your teenager is depressed or not. And there's a study that came out from the uh, C.S. Mott Children's Hospital at the University of Michigan. They do a poll quite frequently where they talk to parents about things. And the poll came out and asked parents, hey, number one, do you believe you would know if your kid was depressed? And basically every parent said yes. And then they said, though, that there's also a strong likelihood that their kids may be able to hide the fact that they're depressed from them. So which is it? Do we know or would we not know? And that's what we're going to talk about today. We're going to talk about the study itself and then some things for us to think about as parents so that if something's going on with our kid, we want to know about it. We want to know how to help them. We want to know how to be there for them. We want to know what direction to send them and who to reach out to for help. So that's what we're going to talk about today. Sarah Clark, who runs the poll, is our guest today, and I'm excited to talk with her. This is her third appearance on Positively Dad, and she always gives us great stuff. Sarah, thanks for joining us on Positively Dad. Thanks for having me. Your study is, is really interesting, and I love what you guys do because you're just asking parents what they think. And that's, you know, you've been on now, this is your third time, and we're learning what parents are truly thinking. And this one about, okay, is my kid just being a teenager or are they depressed? This one was really interesting because I felt like parents kind of answered both ways. I got to say, this is big news for a couple of reasons. And I think when you say parents answer both ways, what you're hinting at is, boy, some of these answers seem sort of contradictory. Yeah, exactly. So on one hand, nine out of 10 parents say 
that they are either very or somewhat confident that they would recognize depression in their kid who is middle or high school. That's the age group we are targeting. And at the same time, two-thirds of parents said, yeah, but there are some barriers that might get in the way of me recognizing that. Well, which and, is it then? Well, I want to point to one other finding as the, as the clue of what's going on. One in four parents said their kid knows of a peer or classmate with depression. One in four. That's very high. And I think that parents and families have a personal connection to depression that didn't exist before. I think some of that is due to some really brave families out there who have allowed their tragic stories to be shared, whether it's in podcasts or news reports or newspaper and magazine articles. And parents now realize that, yeah, I think I would know, but I remember seeing this show or reading this article where a family just like mine with two parents doing their best a seemingly happy family who had a young person die by suicide, right. and that could have been us. Those parents didn't know. And so I think what's going on is parents think they would be able to recognize it, but the gnawing fear is, but if it could happen to that family, it could happen to us too. Teen suicide attempts are like at an all-time high. We did an episode on this way back in the day when we had started and in fact, it, what the surprising thing, Sarah, is it's actually one of the least listened to episodes we've ever published, which which oh. I would like for that to change. Because because the researcher who I talked to in that, the doctor who I talked to at that, and don't be mad, they're from Ohio State. The doctor <laughs> who I talked to at that one, though, said that, I mean, attempts are at an all-time high, and it's happening to families in your neighborhood. Yeah, and parents know that. You know, the other thing that is really striking about this study that we did is it wasn't that long ago that depression and suicide were taboo. We did not mention it. And that's not what the case is anymore. I think parents recognize this is a topic that we need to get a handle on, need to be involved. And what was really strong in this article is, and we need schools to be a partner yeah, we do. Well, we talk about that a lot on this podcast about parents and schools working together. And, you know, they're quite frankly, our kids are at school more than they're at home. And then if they're involved in some sort of extracurricular, you know, there's just so little time they're at home and we get moving and, and who knows, because I think you came across in the study, you said that a lot of parents think that their kids are actually pretty good at hiding what they're thinking and feeling. You know, kids do that for different reasons. Sometimes the hiding is for the benefit of the parents. I don't want to worry anybody or there's something else going on with my parents that they don't need a, another problem. And, and sometimes kids are just preferring to keep things to themselves or don't really want to deal with things. So that's why it's so important to have that, that partnership with schools, another set of eyes uh, or multiple eyeballs to pay attention to what's going on with that kid. Where do we see changes in behavior or a pattern of behavior that is worrisome? When I was re uh, preparing for today and reading several articles that I came across on your poll, the thing I found a, a commonality in is people saying, really what we need to do is help teach our preteens and teens that 
if they don't want to come to mom and dad, that's actually okay. They just need to have a relationship with some adult they trust. It might be a coach or, or a teacher or somebody like that who they do feel comfortable to go to, right? That is exactly right. And I think parents want to set that up two ways. One way is to really have a direct conversation about, you know, I am always willing to talk with you about whatever. But there might be times where you're too embarrassed or you're worried about getting in trouble or whatever, and you might need to talk to somebody else. Let's think about who that might be, because by raising it directly, you are giving your preteen or teen permission to go do that. So that's one thing parents need to do. The other thing parents need to do is really be cognizant of the different messages that they send, sometimes uh, subconsciously, sometimes without meaning to, about sharing information with other people or about asking for help. Sometimes we can make statements about, oh, what a crybaby that kid is, or you know, people shouldn't be sharing that information outside their family or with teachers or something. You know, I think sometimes as parents, we make off-the-cuff statements that stick with kids. And we really don't want to make these kinds of statements that put into our kids' heads any ideas about asking for help is bad, being weak is bad, you know, talking about your feelings is bad. We don't want to send those messages at all. I feel like there is a shift in parenting and the thought process around this now that it's, it is, and I think you brought it up earlier, it, it is more appropriate or accepted, I guess, now to talk about feelings and what you're experiencing than maybe it's been before. Except if that's the case, why would these attempts be going up, you know, a suicide attempts be going up? So I guess we, we still have some work to do here as parents to teach our kids how to talk and about what they're feeling and make them feel like we're listening. And the other part of that is there's definitely helping them on the back end of once we have recognized that a teen is struggling with depression or has made an attempt to provide the assistance and support that that person needs. You know, I think there's a whole lot of work to do to figure out what is causing these increased rates of suicide attempts and depression. And it's not just in kids, it's all across the spectrum. But, you know, there are lots of theories on why that is increasing. It's I'm sure not one thing, but we need to do work on both ends. So I'm really glad people are more interested and more invested in saying, let's band together to yeah. recognize who needs help and make sure that we get that help. But at the same time, those of us in the research community need to continue to do the work of figuring out what is going on and how can we address some root causes. Yeah. And there's a lot of thoughts. I mean, people are, have all sorts of different things about what they actually think is happening or, or the reasoning. And I guess it just becomes, let's, as parents, just be aware of what's going on in the lives of our children. And educators who are listening to this as well, let's become aware of what's going on in the lives of your students. And Sarah, I know this isn't necessarily your lane, and yet I'm curious based on, you know, the research you guys have done and, and the people you've talked to as this reports come out, because it's gotten a lot of attention over the last few weeks. What are some of the things we need to be aware of to know if our kids or our students are experiencing some kind of challenge and in moving into being depressed? One of the big challenges here is that it doesn't present the same way from kid to kid. So you might have a classic, you know, overt sadness or isolation or withdrawal in one kid, while another kid uh, shows signs of depression as irritability or anger. And sometimes it goes along with substance use too. And so I would say one is you know, for parents, don't 
fall into the trap of thinking that depression always looks one way because it doesn't. Um, you know, I, I think there is a lot of work that has been done around the importance of connections, connections within your family, strong connections to interests and, you know, having meaning. And sometimes we think about, well, what are we protecting kids from? Sometimes we're protecting them from, to use the vernacular, just the drama and the nonsense of everyday teenage adolescent life. And you know what? Everything I say is not going to be the answer because Again, we've heard these stories. Parents have heard these stories of families where that kid was loved, engaged with the family, you know, involved in school activities. So nothing is a magic bullet, but certainly we want to make sure that as much as possible, we're providing an environment for kids to have meaningful relationships with people and have some sort of meaningful engagement to their world, whether that's through their love of music and performing or a really passionate interest that they have, could be volunteer work, something so that what we're trying to do is protect our kids by helping them have strong connections to people and interests. Yeah, because, you know, as you describe, you know, the things to look for, anger, well, when you're 15 and you're going through what you go through at 15, I mean, I've got angry. I yelled at my parents going uh, internal and getting real quiet. Well, I did that too. I mean, I, I feel like that's the, tr- the trap that we're running into. And really kind of what your study, your poll told us is we think we know we would know, except what's the difference between a 15-year-old or a 12-year-old being a 12-year-old and a kid who's seriously has a, a condition and an issue that we need to look at? I mean, that's what it's saying. 90% said they'd notice it, except 66% said they actually weren't sure. They probably are correct. You maybe can't be sure. Even in situations where, boy, it just seems like everything's going great, the kid's successful, has good grades, looking like they're going to conquer the world, those are also kids that can doubt themselves and you know, worry that, boy, everybody thinks I'm great and successful. I, I feel like I might not be. And, you know, there are underneath the surface, there can be a lot of different emotions. So one of the things that parents have to get good at, and I don't think we always are, is to listen without trying to fix. Because sometimes what kids need to do is have a way to express these emotions that they're experiencing. So I don't necessarily need you to go in and fix a relationship or intervene with a problem that I'm having, maybe what I need you to do is just listen and hear me talk it out and affirm that having this reaction, having these feelings is okay. And then ask the question of, you know, do you think this is something that you want to talk about with somebody else? And it doesn't have to directly go to a mental health professional. It might, but it might be Should I check in with you in a couple of days and see how it's going? It could be the parent volunteering to be that sounding board. It could be suggesting, hey, have you brought this up with so-and-so at the youth group, our church? That person usually has a good handle on how to deal with things. Again, reinforcing the idea that it's good to talk things over with people who are the right type of audience, someone you trust, someone whose opinion you value to help you through things. That's for me, my biggest takeaway of everything you've said. And I think, you know, you've been on the show before. I'm not real big into traditional 
gender roles and traditional dad does this and mom does this. And I'm not into that. And you and I've talked about that many times. There's yeah. one thing, though, that you said that I think dads might want to really pay attention to, because I do think dads can fall into this trap. And what you said was listen without trying to fix. Mm-hmm. Now, I might just be talking to me because my wife will come to me at times with stuff and she'll say, James, I don't need you to fix this. I just need you to hear me. And I, I, I my natural behavior is I want to go in and, well, how can we fix it and move on? So you're, you're saying listen without trying to fix. And to me, that's a little weird because if my kid comes to me and is feeling something and is sad or, or, or is really getting into a depressed state, I want to fix that. I want to get her out of that. I don't want Naomi to be that way. I want to fix it. And, and you're going, don't do that. Part of her going through adolescence and moving toward adulthood is her learning what she can work through herself and where she can work through things with a little bit of support from other people and where things are, you know, problems that are too big where she's really going to lean on others. But if you Mm -hmm. jump in there too early, you're in some cases, you can really undercut the issue by reinforcing the idea of, oh, you're not good enough to do this on your own. So now here's another person that doesn't believe in me. Boy, I'm really a fraud. Yep. So I think we just really have to be careful about the way that we support our kids. I feel like what I'm hearing too is that, you know, teens might suffer through some imposter syndrome and that that when they go through that, you know, in other words, thinking that, hey, people think I'm great at everything when deep down inside, I don't feel that way. And those types of feelings might lead to something that maybe in an adult they wouldn't. And we've got to just as parents be able, again, be the place where they can come and they feel like they can talk with us. And that comes down to what's our relationship like with them? How are we talking to them? Are we showing interest in them and just listening? This is great. All right. What's the you know, as you guys did this poll, and I love this stuff. Keep doing these polls because you give you give such great content on these podcasts. As you guys did this, is there is there anything, you know, a big takeaway that you think our listeners need to know or anything that surprised you that you want to share? I'm shocked at the strong support for school-based depression screening. Ten years ago, we would not have seen anything close to this because I think the mindset of not too long ago was, this is something we handle in the family. So I, I think it's really notable that attitudes have changed. But what has not changed is the availability of school-based behavioral health services, whether that's screening or having counseling or other services there, or even training for teachers or educational programs for parents and kids. I've had a lot of people ask me, how do I find out more to be able to do a better job as parents? And I think that is a service that schools could provide because there are a lot of people interested in this, as well as really working to find the resources to make the screening and the follow-up counseling services available. Because when those kinds of services are there on site, it makes it much easier for kids to self-refer, to initiate a conversation with somebody who they know is there to help. When you don't have those services in the building, kids are really left with a more limited set of options. Yeah. Well, the school can be a comfortable or safe spot for them. Chances are there's a coach or an instructor or somebody who they feel comfortable with, they could go to and to be able to walk right down the hall and talk to somebody to just ease that a little bit. And I feel like too, that talking about mental health is more okay now than probably it's ever been. I remember Kevin Love, who plays for the yep. Cleveland Cavaliers, did a whole thing on this is what I've struggled with. And so you have professional athletes and guys who've won 
NBA finals talking about that kind of stuff. I imagine that sort of thing can relate. So shouldn't Michael parents Phelps talk? Michael is another one. Michael yeah, Phelps exactly. on, the, on the TV talking about getting mental health counseling by telemedicine, you know, a video visit with that whole idea of, boy, if you don't have a way of accessing this service, we're going to try to find ways of, of bringing what you need to wherever you're located. So I, I do think you're exactly right. It's important for public figures to continue to speak out so that what we hear is, you know what, this is the kind of thing that lots of people deal with. It's okay that I'm also placing myself in that category. And the thought then is, it's okay for mom and dad to tell their kids that they struggled too. Yep. And if we can do that, there's a sense of authenticity that comes up. It probably strengthens your relationship between you and your kids, and they're more likely to talk to you. We don't have to rely on Kevin Love. Every, every one of us listening to this has gone through times of sadness, some of you deep in dark depression, and it's okay to talk about that with your kids. And I think the other thing to remember as a parent is, and you already know this, my guess is some days you're the greatest and some days you're the worst. That's right? how we open the show. That's the that's the actual, what we say to open every show is one day you're dad of the year and then the next day is the next day. And what you don't know is what is the day where your kid is going to need you to be, you know, to kind of be that hero, to be that rock to talk to. So be open to having that conversation with no judgment and not too interventionist, but then also be okay for the day when you're the worst and they need to talk to somebody else. The important thing is your kid is talking with somebody. So don't get offended if it's not you. It might be you on a different day. Well, Sarah, great stuff. I appreciate you being on again and adding so much value. Uh, thank you for what you guys do over there uh, with the Mott Pole. It's so good. And uh, we'll look forward to having you back on again another time. I will be happy to do that. Great stuff from Sarah. I'm so thankful that she joined us. You know, she said that most of us have some type of personal connection with depression. Now, the good thing is now it's more okay. It's more accepted to talk about our feelings and what we're experiencing, you know, socially. That's definitely more accepted. And we gave examples of athletes who've talked about it. And are we talking about it? And as you heard at the end, I was really taken by, you know, listening without trying to fix. And how are we talking to our kids so that they know they can just talk to us? Because maybe when we go to fix things, our kids might hear that as judgment. And we're going, I just want to help you. And they're going, you just don't believe in me. That was my takeaway today is how do we listen? You know, we had uh, John Doran on, on how to raise happy and successful children. And he said something I brought up on many podcasts since then. And that is our greatest superpower is the ability to ask for help. How are you teaching that? to your kids, your teenagers, your preteens, your middle schoolers and high schoolers? How are you teaching them that the greatest superpower they have is the ability to ask for help and if they're feeling in a certain way, they can reach out to you or somebody else? Now, I'm going to suggest that you go back and you listen to episode number 13. Episode number 13 is the episode we did on teen suicide where we talked about that teen suicide attempts are going up and going up and going up. And as I told Sarah, it's one of our least listened to podcast episodes. And I'd like for you to go listen to it. Because this is happening, depression is happening, and suicides are happening, and suicide attempts are happening in your neighborhood, in your school system. To families that you know, we want to know. How are our kids doing and how are they feeling? Let's wrap up the way we always wrap up. And that is hearing from my almost eight-year-old. She shares her thoughts on whatever she's thinking. Let's do it in the Kids' Corner. What are the kids thinking? Time to find out in the Kids' Corner. 
with your host Naomi. Hi, my name's Naomi Shaw, and today we will be talking about letting your kids watch TV. So I know kids love TV. This is how much TV you should watch until bedtime. They should stop when it's one hour until their bedtime, and let them watch TV now and then. But don't always say, "Oh, you can watch TV." Just let your kid watch TV sometimes and read books when it's at bedtime. So don't like go on your tablet watching something at nighttime. That's it for Naomi's Corner. Have a great day. Bye. Good stuff from Naomi. Always love having her on. It's a joy. You know, I want to add that you know as we have a conversation about you know what our kids are feeling and if they're experiencing any depression and so on and so forth. Look, if you know someone who's at risk of suicide, reach out to the U.S. National Suicide Prevention Lifeline. The number is 800-273-8255. 800-273-8255 or suicidepreventionlifeline.org. suicidepreventionlifeline.org. 800-273-8255 or suicidepreventionhotline.org. It's an important conversation that we have, and I thank you for being willing to have it. You know, it's a time of year again that we, everything's great and wonderful, and is it? And would we know? We should. Thank you so much for listening to Positively Dad. I truly appreciate you. I value you. I trust that we gave you some value today. We would love to hear your thoughts on our episodes. If you enjoyed it, let me know by rating it wherever you're listening or writing a comment. We like five stars and we love your reviews. And then we'd love to connect with you on social media. Just search Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. We're at Positively Dad. We'd love to connect with you there. And then finally, if you know someone who would be a great guest on the show, or maybe you'd like to be on the show, you want to do a dad talk with me, send me an email and let me know, james at PositivelyDad.com. I appreciate you for listening. I wish you a very happy holiday season and a happy new year, and we'll talk to you next time on Positively Dad. Bye-bye.